Hey guys, it's Live Talks with Scott, and today we're going to continue in our fivefold ministry discussion. So, if you're following along, then you know that um, last podcast we kind of started talking about the apostle really kind of finished talking about the apostle. I mean, there's more to say. There's a lot more to say always. But I think <clears throat> for a general understanding, I think we uh, we covered it. But today, I, I almost kind of want to backtrack a little and reemphasize just just a few things about the fivefold ministry and the church in general. Um, because remember, this is a... This is a um, it's an it's kind of like an all or nothing thing in the sense of we need them all, okay? Because if we need them all, then we're, we're incomplete, and and we can't, you know. The tendency I think a lot of times is to look at what I feel called to or what I what I see is important in the church, and and not necessarily decredit, but maybe devalue a little bit the other giftings. And to think that they might not be as important as us or as ours or, or our bent. And I think that's the problem right now in the church. So, for example, uh, if you grew up Baptist, there was probably a major focus, well, depending on who was leading your church, for evangelism, for souls, right? There's such a push for souls. And and the reason being is because, you know, Billy Graham, um, all these other major evangelists were just, it was kind of the heir of the evangelist, so to speak, depending on what year, obviously, uh, you were in the church or how old you are. So, you know, a lot of Baptist churches are evangelistic or they're very teaching-oriented uh, or pastoral. So you have those three. Um, now, a lot of times in the charismatic church, however, uh, we almost look at those three, maybe pastoral teaching uh, and evangelistic as kind of, I don't want to say we, we look upon them and lift our noses towards them, uh, but it's almost like we now, okay, so a lot of us grew up in that era, and we realized that this isn't all there is. Like, it's not just about uh, getting people saved and, you know, notching another salvation in our belt, but, it, but we realized there was more. Right? We realize the Holy Spirit, we realize the intercession, all that stuff. Well, what happens is as we grow, then we get into this intercession, we get into the Holy Spirit, and it's almost like we forget, you know, because of our past was connected with maybe a belief where we didn't view the Holy Spirit as being real uh, and still operating today, and because of that, uh, we, we focus on, what do we focus on? We focus on reaching the lost, we focused on uh, teaching and reading the Scripture, Okay, because we didn't, we you know, those people who come from that background didn't really focus on the Holy Spirit because they didn't believe he was operating. So what happens, there's this tendency where we go from that background, if you did, and you come into this new spirit-filled background that you want to kind of, you want to kind of look at everything that happened in that past season, uh, you know, even though you're grateful for, for certain things, you look at it and say, well, that's not the way. Well, in reality, it was part of the way. It just wasn't the full way. And so there's this tendency where we now get into the charismatic arena and we say, okay, well, now it's all about the Holy Spirit and it's all about the gifts and it's all about intercession. It's all about worshiping. 
yes, it's part of it, okay? But but what you did before, what, you know, at least in my story and, and several people who I know, what you did before when you came out of that denomination are still viable, credible, and very needed ministries in the body. You, so what I'm saying is you can't discredit that and say, well, all we did was look for the lost. And that is one of the fivefold ministries. That is an expression and an aspect of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. Okay, If you want a full church, if you want an apostolic church, okay, if you want to have a church that is apostolic, then you have to have an expression of each of the fivefold ministries. It doesn't mean you just have an apostle. It means you are walking towards an expressive uh, uh, state where each of those fivefold gifts are being expressed through your ministry. Okay, You're evangelistic, you teach, you're pastoral, uh, you're prophetic, and apostolic. Okay, so we can't discredit any of this stuff. Okay, we can't say, well, all they do is, you know, look at they, they thought church was all about saving the lost. They're not wrong. Okay, they weren't fully right either. But if you don't, if you don't see people saved in your ministry, okay, or you're not pastoring people, or you're, you know, you're not teaching and equipping people, then you're wrong as well. All right, and so the generation after you will probably look back and say, "Well, they were wrong as well." You know, it, and you need to include all of these things. And so, just because uh, maybe the past you come from didn't include the the Holy Spirit or the apostolic and the prophetic, doesn't mean they were completely wrong. They were just missing key components. So, you know, and so now that we're we've come into a charismatic church, okay, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm just assuming you are. Uh, then you got to understand that now we're in the apostolic and the prophetic, but we can't discount the evangelistic teaching gifts that, you know, for me, example, I, I got from the Baptist church. Okay, those are very viable. Um, you know, if, if we're in a charismatic church and we're not seeing souls saved and we're not seeing new people won to Christ, I'm not saying that's our only focus, but if it's not happening, that's a concern. In fact, that's a major concern for me. Okay, just as much as if you're in a Baptist church and you're seeing people saved, but you're not seeing the prophetic and you're not seeing that mature discipling that comes in the spiritual gifts, that's a major concern. So instead of bashing one in the other, what we need to do is we need to come together. Okay, you know, I mean, we Pastor Tim, uh, we talk about this all the time. One of the biggest challenges of this generation is to merge the spirit and the word. <laughs> It's just a challenge, and it shouldn't be because it wasn't in the early church. But there's such a challenge to merge that, and I think that happens because you get leaders who step into positions. Um, you know, one church, their leader is either a pastor or a teacher, maybe even an evangelist, but they don't associate with the apostolic and the prophetic. And maybe this church over here is all they are is you know apostolic or prophetic, but they don't associate with the other gifts. Okay, and, and there's that tendency, unfortunately. And so what happens is. They look over the table at each other and they say, well, you're wrong. Well, you're wrong. Well, you're not doing this. Well, you're not doing this. In reality, they need to come together and they need to partner together, okay? Uh, because in order to be a healthy, full, whole church, you have to have the expressions of all five in your body, okay? Remember, uh, the people are the gift. The people who have these fivefold ministry gifts, they are the gift. They've been imparted with a special grace from Jesus, Okay, that grace being an aspect, an expression of Jesus Christ himself, and then they impart it to the church. And so 
if the church doesn't have that imparted to it, then they're going to be missing something, all right? And I think that's very important. I think that's one of the most important things on the fivefold. So don't be quick. I'm not, I'm not, you know, judging or criticizing anyone. I'm just saying probably kind of talking more about my own personal experience because when I first got saved uh, and, and, and in regards of the Holy Spirit and came into the fullness of Christ, I was really angry at my background, my church background, like really angry because I said, they lied to me. They didn't preach the whole gospel. And yes, that's true, but they did what they knew, okay? At least most of them, you know, they did what they knew. They're going to they're gonna be held accountable for what they, you know, teachers are always held accountable, but to double accountable according to Scripture, uh, to a higher standard. But at the same time, uh, they did right to the portion that they had, okay? And they, they need the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying they don't need the Holy Spirit. They need the Holy Spirit, uh, but also your charismatic church needs uh, solid scripture knowledge. They need good teaching, and then they need to be evangelistic. Unfortunately, a lot of the, uh, a lot, you know, many charismatic churches don't tend to be as evangelistic um, in the sense of there's very little that happens at the church. I'm not saying the whole church should be bent towards evangelism, but I'm saying there needs to be some sort of that presence that present and there needs to be uh, there needs to be a steady inflow of new salvations okay that's a healthy church there's there's new people coming to Christ um, and then there's people who are mature and equipped that are being sent out okay and so there should be a steady flow in as well as a steady release out and I think uh, if, if you go to Christian Center that's you know that's our mission statement is stand right? Seek. Seek the loss. Train. Activate. Nurture. Disperse. Send them out, okay? So, and that's what we believe. But I think it's really healthy for us to realize that. Um, I, I realized last podcast, I probably didn't talk a lot about the apostolic in the sense of what is it like. Uh, I, I like John West. Um, he always talks about if you ever hear someone come and speak and they're an apostle or they're carrying that apostolic anointing, he says it's, there's it's a really heavy, like it's a word. It's a very, it's like someone pouring concrete because you know, apostolic, the apostles are, they lay the foundation and there's this ability. I, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share this, you know, me and my wife went over to hear an apostle speak in Monroe and, and I'll just tell you who it is. It was Dutch sheets. And the reason we went is because I had a dream and in the dream, I'm having all these people come to me that are famous ministers. And, uh, in the end, Jesus Christ, in my dream, uh, he says, I want you to meet one of my apostles. And so in walks Dutch Sheets, and he speaks to me in the dream, and I'm just having this impartation in the dream. So then I wake up. So, you know, I realized he was going to be in Monroe literally the next, the following weekend. So me and Camila went, and we listened to him, and, and he didn't say anything that I hadn't heard but when he spoke it, it shifted something deep in me. And then he prayed for me and my wife. And it shifted something really deep and profound in us. I remember we were driving home and I said, I don't know what happened. But when he prayed, something shifted on a deeper level. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, she said the same thing. And so he was shifting some deep, heavy things, some foundational things in our lives through his prayer and even his message. But the apostles carry that uh, like a unique authority to shift and lay foundational things. Um, the other thing about the apostolic is there's usually this hunger. They are usually like 
hungry to build. They're like, I want to build, I want to build, I want to build. Um, they're they're because you know we talked about that blueprint. Um, they they usually understand the blueprint and they they're trying to be the master builder, as Paul says. And so they have that authority. Okay, they they are. It's a governmental uh, position that that God has. Okay, apostles are in a sense governmental in the church. They they are responsible for moving and shaking and shifting bigger things. Uh, pastors and teachers are more what I would call in-house roles, right? They're in the family. They're they're helping the family, equipping the family. Uh, apostles are the ones who say, "I'm moving the family," right? Uh, this family is getting a new vocation. You know, this family. You know, they're, they're making bigger decisions. If that makes sense, I hope. Uh, another thing about the apostolic is. They, they have a covering. In other words, because they're established, just like the Bible says, just like the uh, Bible says that the man is the head of the household, okay, it doesn't mean that, as Jesus says, it doesn't mean that the man lords his position over his wife. In fact, Paul says the man uh, sacrifices himself for her, gives his life for his wife, right? Uh, so there's this humility, this submission that the man also uh, walks in. But in the overall aspect of everything, he is the head of the, the family, right? He's the head of the family. And, uh, <clears throat> and we understand that apostles are the same for the body, okay? They're like the father, okay? If we can put it that way, they're like the father of the body. It's not to say that other roles and other uh, ministries and giftings or people can't be, uh, have that father's heart, but the apostle has that unique authority. So they're like that father. Um, and so they do a little more what we'd call fatherly things. But there's just there's just anointing, you know, they there's they create this covering almost to where when you come under their covering, when you come under it, uh, you receive the blessing. You receive the blessing of being under that covering. And uh, I can tell you, you know, just from experience, coming under different coverings, um, a lot of times it's funny how when you come under a different covering different gifts and you start to manifest right because you start to receive from the anointing and the blessing of the person who's covering you under whatever apostle so you know when me and my wife uh, years ago when we moved from uh, bogota colombia we were under an apostolic ministry we were under an apostle and that apostle had certain characteristics and traits with which we connected with Okay, we connected with, and, and they started to form in our lives. So when we switched uh, and moved back to America, uh, I remember the Lord gave me and my wife a dream, and essentially the dream was saying, uh, hey, you were under this ap- uh, apostle, but now you need to switch and be under this apostle, Apostle Tim. And so we did, and it was immediately like different things started to open and function in my life, and it was trying to, it was almost like learning a new gifting almost like a new language because it was many things were foreign to me I'm like I've never had dreams and all of a sudden I'm having dreams this is weird and so you have to learn how to navigate through that Um, a lot of people who are out of town and you know we invite them to Christian Center our church they'll come to our church and in the service they'll be like oh my gosh I was like seeing things like I like like I was like the Lord was showing me visions like that never happens to me and I'm like yeah you you've come under the the covering and and the atmosphere under the influence of the giftings of the house which apostolic prophetic for sure and because of that you kind of 
get sucked into the momentum and the giftings and they start to operate in your life as well. You know, it's like if you get around prophetic people, the gift stirs up in your your life. If you get around evangelistic people, that gift will stir up in your life. Okay? And I always laugh. I said, I never really had dreams until I came to Christian Center. And it's like, I have them all the time. Um, So that's something we need to understand. And so when the apostle is in the right place, it's not that he's the CEO or the head. Remember, I always say this. he's, He's the first among equals. Right? He's just been given the authority to make certain decisions. Uh, and that's how a marriage should operate. A husband's first among equals. Uh, there's, there doesn't mean that there are times where the apostle can't submit and say, well, you know, you're right here. You're, you're, you know, we need to understand that. That's just biblical. Uh, just like we said in Acts 15 where Paul submitted to Peter and, and the church in Jerusalem and then Peter submitted to James as James made the decision about circumcision and the Gentiles. Okay, so there's submission. Just because you're an apostle doesn't mean you're never going to submit to someone. That's a very unbiblical view, to be honest. So anyway, uh, there's there's so much that is like the blessings you get for being under an apostolic ministry or connected to an apost- uh, an apostle are just. I mean, you can't you can't stress it enough. And there's so many people that unfortunately kind of literally. <sighs> They just don't understand it. What they do is they say, well, I'm not submitted to anyone. I'm under the authority of Christ. And yeah, you're right, you are. But Christ also created us to function in a body, and he created us to function with a type of order, structure, and government. Right? Um, and that's the problem you know, with a lot of people who have house churches. If they're not connected to people, right, uh, then they're just kind of like, it'd be like a squad that's just kind of going AWOL. Right? <laughs> they're just doing their own thing. And... Uh, I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> I don't want to get into that. But uh, essentially, it's very healthy to be connected to an apostolic ministry or an apostle and have that insight into your life. Um, there's there's some, a couple things. Um, well, we're, we won't go over those, but I just I can't stress enough how we have to have all five expressions in the body, right? You have to have. Let me give you an example. If you have a very evangelistic church, right, very evangelistic church uh, with, with even, let's even say you have a good teaching gift in there as well, you will have people who come, they receive for a season, but they're going to say, and I have heard this, I've lost count of how many times I've heard this, we're just not getting fed here. I think we're going to move churches. Honestly, uh, if they're being sincere, because I do believe many are sincere, and it's not coming from an offense, but they're being sincere. I think it's what they're saying is, we've received the fullness of this gift. We've received the impartation that this individual has, and we need other impartations from other fivefold gifts. Um, I can say from personal experience what that's like. You just hunger for something. You don't even know what you're hungering for. Uh, but then when you find it, you're like, this is it. Okay. And so what happens if you're in a, if you're in a house that isn't operating in, each five gift then people are going to hunger for something uh and and they're going to go find it they're going to get fed so i grew up in, in a church that was very um evangelistic uh, this is after i got saved and and was older and i was actually involved with the ministry and, and i grew up in it was a very evangelistic you know very evangelistic church and uh and i was very evangelistic in that season but there there came and, and it was good teaching as well 
But I, I, I came to a point where I'm like, dude, I'm so hungry for something. I don't even know what it is. And I was really hungry for the apostolic and the prophetic anointing. And I would go anywhere I could to find it. And so when I said, hey, I just don't know if I'm getting fed, that wasn't what I said. But if that was kind of what I was feeling. It was because I needed those gifts. And so what happens if you have a church where you don't have those gifts, that's what people are going to do. They're like, you know, I, I think we might switch churches. The Lord's calling us over here. And I don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree uh, if the Lord is calling people. I know the Lord calls, calls people to switch churches. Uh, they just, they they are looking for the the fullness, right, of Christ. So if you have a pastor who's very evangelistic, your church is going to be evangelistic. You're going to attract those who are evangelistic. But those who come in and they're hungry for more, they might eventually leave if they're not given, uh, if they're not allowed to uh, receive from those other gifts, right? So what does that mean for a church who has like, let's say that we have an apostolic individual and we have prophetic, but we're missing in the other three? Well, you know, a couple options are you can bring, you know, evangelists in and have them speak so often to your church to kind of equip and impart that grace to them, Uh, bring in teachers, pastors, whatever. Uh, There's a lot of churches who bring in prophetic people. You know, they bring in prophetic people and they do teachings and classes because they need that gift to, to to flourish in their church. Um, you know, the ministry that we were involved with in Columbia was a big prophetic ministry in the sense of they would train churches in the prophetic. And so we would put these conferences on and the pastors would be like, hey, we need this in our church. And so they would send teams down there. And over the span of a couple years, it's amazing to see how these people uh, go from like a zero in the prophetic to all of a sudden they're they're understanding how to prophesy and you know, um, getting dreams and revelation. So that is that's a really cool thing. And so then all of a sudden you're looking at this the, this these churches in another country that have grown in maturity in the gift of the prophetic. And so as someone who was involved in that ministry, there's this sense of we're maturing the body because they were lacking in this and we came and brought it to them. Just like Paul tells the Romans, I desire to see you because I desire to impart to you a spiritual gift. Right, spiritual things. You know, I personally believe he was talking about. I want to impart to you this apostolic mandate and gift that I have. But that's the reality of it. So that's why the fivefold so important. So we can't be, uh, you know, we can't divide the church and be like, well, you know, I grew up in a church and all they did was this, and that was wrong. It wasn't wrong. Okay, it wasn't wrong. It just wasn't the fullness. And so, and where you are right now, if they're not doing the evangelistic pastoral stuff that you came out of then you're not in the fullness either okay and so what happens is a church has to and needs to contain all that or at least have a steady inflow of people who carry those other giftings in order to be healthy mature and full and that is how the government of god works think of it as um growing in five different directions right you know if there were four, I would say you're growing north, south, east, and west. But, you know, think of it as growing in five separate directions. Here's the thing. The gifts create tension with one another, right? The apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the pastoral, they create tensions with one another. But that tension is good. You know, without tension, a kite wouldn't fly. Without tension, tents would not be able to stand. Things function with tension. 
and these fivefold giftings that complement one another, but that at times they pull against one another, and it creates tension, and that tension is what helps them expand in different directions. The problem is when we want to sever ourselves from that tension and say, you're wrong, we're going to go do our own thing. Okay, that's where we run into problems, and that's not biblical either. So, uh, I just feel like we, we needed to really talk about these gifts operating uh, amongst one another in this podcast. Uh, we're going to keep pushing on into the other um, four gifts after this, but I, we have to understand that no, no one gift is above the other in the sense that you're right and this one's wrong, right? If you don't have a pastor in your church, then, then you're incomplete. Right, if you don't have that pastoral, okay. If if you're only pastoral and only uh, evangelistic, you're incomplete. You need to have five aspects. You need to have the apostle. You need to have the prophet, and they need to be going in their directions and leading with their directions. But then you need the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor who are also there leading in their directions. Because any if there's an absence of any of those giftings, it's going to be felt. It's going to be felt by the people who are part of the congregation, and and it's just you're going to feel it. You know, if, if you're part of that ministry, like, well, you know, we need this or we need that. The beautiful thing is all you got to do is ask the Lord. You know, whenever I feel like we're needing something, I ask the Lord. I say, Lord, we need this gift. You know, raise up those people in our house who have this gift or bring this gift to us because we need it, desperately need it. Right, and I think that's a major. Uh, you know, if you're going to ask me, what's another function of the apostle? I believe that when an apostle and, and prophets do this too, but when an apostle steps into a place, he or she has the ability to really recognize the giftings that other people carry, and not only that, but bring those giftings to the surface and birth those giftings. And I think that's really important. It's something I have noticed about the apostolic. Apostolics tend to grow better in different directions than when a church is just being led by someone who's maybe evangelistic or pastoral right? or, or prophetic. The, the apostle has the ability to birth and help uh, draw out those giftings in others. And that's probably why one of the functions is, of the apostle is, is fathering. So um, anyway... That's all for today, guys. Um, we'll pick up on the next episode. I hope you're enjoying these. If you do have any questions, uh, leave them in the comments, and you know I'll answer them in my podcast if you know they pertain to the topic of the day. So, all right, guys, be blessed.